I'm not sure if you know or not, but uh, we're extremely blessed to have a group of volunteers who lead us in worship uh, during these days that uh, we don't have a, a worship pastor. And today, particularly, this is occasion, uh, this happens often, uh, it's proof of the fact that we as a church are a multi-generational church. Uh, I know of at least one family that they have four generations in our church, uh, but today on our stage, we had two sets of father and daughter, uh, Matthew and Hannah uh, over here on piano and guitar, and then uh, Jeff and Jillian, two of our vocalists today. And, and it's just a blessing, and sometimes we forget that in the life of the church, and we, we, we miss out uh, on those moments when it's good to recognize uh, that we as a people, the body of Christ, uh, are for all ages and all people, and it's good to be led uh, by all ages and all people. So that's all side note today, just for your benefit, all for free. Uh, as you know, if you've been here for a while, you know that uh, every time we receive the Lord's Supper, we take, an, a we take a benevolence offering. And so you'll see on your way out today at these two exits and out in the foyer, uh, there are baskets. And uh, our offering uh, this time will actually go to help those uh, who are recovering from the tornadoes in Deer Park and Pasadena. Uh, I know several pastors. I was at a, a training event this week, and two of the pastors there, both of them had ex received damage to their home um, in, in the tornadoes. Uh, several folks in our church have said extended family or coworkers. And so there are several organizations that are already on the scene there, and we want to benefit them. And so if you want to uh, gift, <clears throat> excuse me, gift to that, you can as we go. And then the other thing, uh, we, we always want to announce this, and sometimes you're excited about it, sometimes you're not, but next Sunday uh, at four o'clock is our business meeting, uh, our quarterly business meeting, and uh, that'll be uh, right in here, and uh, uh, whoever's up there, like we had, oh, there it is, hey, yeah, uh, four o'clock business meeting, the agenda's out uh, in the foyer there, but four o'clock we'll meet right in here. Uh, as you're hopefully in the book of James today, because you read the sign that says the book of James, uh, I want to share with you something that Warren Wearsby, a great writer and uh, kind of Bible scholar, he said, many people attend Bible study and worship services, but never grow. Why is that? And he goes on to say something rather harsh, uh, kind of funny, but harsh. He says, our churches are filled with spiritual sponges who soak up the information, they sit, they sour, and they stink. And so how do we become a people who soak up the Word of God and actually live it out? Because that's what the book of James is, is really getting at, that, that we would live a life in such a way that our faith, our trust in, in Jesus would be so evident to others, they would see it in how we live and how we speak, how we act. And this passage of Scripture that we're going to look at today at the end of chapter 1 in James is very, very practical. Uh, it's got three very practical things that we can all uh, accomplish uh, with the help of the Spirit of God and Jesus living inside of us. And so I want you to look at verse 19 of chapter 1 and read along with me as James writes uh, to the church. Know this, my beloved brothers, he begins. Uh, he's writing to the church, to Christians, to, to people who follow after Christ. So he's assuming that the people who are reading this have a relationship with Jesus. Because what he's about to say 
is impossible if you don't have Jesus in your life. It's challenging if you do have Jesus in your life. My beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. This is a familiar passage probably for many of you. Uh, It's a very practical passage. There's lots of anecdotes and proverbs that I'll kind of maybe get to today that surround this thing. But I want to begin with the end in mind. So the last of his statements are slow to anger because anger does not produce, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So immediately we know there's a difference between God's anger and man's anger. Those are two different things. So the anger of man does not produce righteousness. That's kind of the end goal here. And so the question might be, what makes you angry? What are your pet peeves? What are the things that bother you, get under your skin, bug you to death? What are those things? And then, is it a sin to be angry? Well, Sometimes it is a sin to be angry. But the window of what it means to be angry and have no sin is very tiny. It's very tiny and very specific. It usually surrounds the holiness of God and not you don't like someone chewing ice. This is an example I pulled out of the air that I have no context for. No context for. And so James is helping us realize very quickly that there's a proper response to anger and our emotion. How should we respond when we're tempted to be angry? Well, the scriptures are filled with lessons on how to respond when those emotions start to rise up in us. Proverbs 15 is a great example. It says this, a soft answer turns away wrath. So when someone else is angry, our best response is a soft answer because a harsh word stirs up anger. All we do is ratchet it up, and our world is great at ratcheting it up. Like, we do a great job of one-upping the other in anger and frustration, and I'm going to have my way. And James says, no, just the opposite. Just the opposite. Later on in that passage in Proverbs, it says, a gentle tongue is a tree of life. Proverbs 15, 4, a gentle tongue is a tree of life. 
you, you've probably been to Animal Kingdom at Disney World, or at least seen it. Like, it's a beautiful structure, a tree. The, the beautiful oak trees we have here in our community, they're beautiful. They're full of life. That's what a gentle tongue, a gentle answer gives. And so James, as he writes here, this last phrase, slow to anger, for anger does not produce the righteousness of God. That's, that's the point here, is that you and I are on a path. We're, we're living a life step by step. We're on a, a journey through this life to really accomplish one thing, to produce the righteousness of God. We, we want to be reflections of the righteousness of God, the pure, the perfect, the loving, the caring, the grace-filled image of our Creator. And that righteousness of God happens when you and I live out what we know to be true about God, not ourselves. You and I produce the righteousness of God when we live out what we know to be true about the character of God. That God is is not quick to anger. No, he's slow to anger. He's long-suffering. He's gracious and kind. He's willing to stoop lowly to come to mankind and to lift us up. And our responsibility as people have put our trust and our hope in Jesus Christ are to produce that righteousness, not produce what the world offers us, whatever man can muster, just the opposite. And that's why I said earlier, to to accomplish that takes supernatural power. You and I cannot achieve it in our own strength. No, we need the power of God living in and through us because it's easy It's easy for me to have an emotional response. That's me. I I can have emotional response. Happy, sad, mad, glad, whatever. But to have a Jesus-centered response means I'm paying attention to the righteousness of God that lives in me. And so no matter where you find yourself, what path you're on, what situation The goal for you and me is to have that Jesus-centered response rather than an emotionally driven response. And sometimes that means you got to be slow to speak. Slow to speak. The writer of Proverbs says in in chapter 17, whoever restrains his words has knowledge. And he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent, this is a great line, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. You want to appear smart to people? Keep your mouth shut. That's just good wisdom. Mark Twain, one of the greatest writers in history, he got this. He understood it. He, He gathered this. He said this. He said, it is better to keep quiet and let people wonder if I'm a fool than to open my mouth and prove to them that I am. 
He got Proverbs 17.28. Uh, we're going to get to the part about uh, being a doer of the word, but if you're going to be a doer of the word, you have to know the word. And so if you're going to memorize a passage this year, a, a, a verse or two, let me encourage you. Proverbs 17, 27, and 28. If you, if you want to keep the bar low, just do 28. Proverbs 17, 28. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Old rabbis from the early centuries, kind of the church father era, they would say this. Ears are always open, but your tongue is surrounded by a double row of teeth to hedge it in and keep it in its proper bounds. It's difficult for you and me to be sly as a serpent and gentle as a dove when we're constantly pulling our foot out of our mouth. Because that's what happens when we're not slow to speak. We have to get our answer out. Proverbs is filled with encouragement in this area that we would think before we speak. Proverbs 10 tells us that the person who restrains their lips is prudent. That means they make good decisions. They're cautious when it's appropriate to be cautious. Proverbs 13 says, he who guards his mouth preserves his life. That's pretty strong language. If, if I watch what I say, I'm going to live longer. Matthew 12 is the one that haunts me. And it probably should haunt you. Because in Matthew 12, 36, it says that you and I will give an account for every careless word we've spoken. I'm doing okay today. But probably not yesterday and probably not tomorrow. Maybe slow to speak. Allow this word to take root in our lives that we would be meek. We'd be meek. We'd have power under control. So we need to slow to anger, slow to speak, and quick to hear. Now, this quick to hear, moms and dads, and I'm pointing at myself, this quick to hear is not, or spouses, let me add that group in there as well, this is not, you're not listening to me. I'm your parent, I'm your spouse, so you better listen to me. That's not this quick to hear. Now, don't go home and use that when you get in an argument or you didn't listen but this quick to hear is actually about the word of God. That we'd be quick to hear the word of God because that's the entire illustration following it. That quick to hear is the driving force behind the rest of this passage. That we're quick to hear the word of God. That, that we would hold the word of God up like a mirror and see it fully reflected. The law of liberty. The perfect law that we would look at it and we would receive it, we would absorb it, we would, see, we would pay attention to it. Not like the person who looks in the mirror and walks away and forgets what he looks like. Uh, this, the younger generation, 30 under, they, this must be true of them. Because they take this out all the time and they hold it in front of themselves and they hit a white button. Repeatedly. And then an hour later they do it again. Like that's what he's talking about is that when we're in selfie mode and we take photo after photo after photo of ourselves like we've forgotten something. And James is saying, 
God's word is not like that, should not be like that. That we would look in the mirror of God's perfect law and we would forget it as soon as we walked away. I know you didn't laugh because that was pretty harsh. But it's true. We're absorbed with ourselves and we act like we forget an hour later. It's funny for us Gen Z, Gen Xers and older because we look at you like, hey, you look just as good today as you did yesterday. Just wait 20 years. It won't get better. <laughs> but, but that's the harshness with which James is speaking here. That you, you look in a mirror and you walk away and you forget. That you, you know God's word, you hear God's word, and you walk away and you act as if it's not true. And he's saying, no, take what God is teaching you. Listen intently to it. Craft your speech in such a way that honors God. Lift up those around you rather than tearing them down in anger and frustration. Don't allow your emotions to lead you, but allow the truth of God to lead you so that you can be a doer of the word. And that's the goal here, that you and I would walk out, walk out of these doors today and then at lunch and when you're watching the football game today or you invite friends over or tomorrow at the office or at school, that you would remember what you saw today, what you heard, and that you would be a doer of the word, that you would be slow to speak. You'd be slow to anger. That you would be one who brings liberty and life wherever you go. Rather than frustration and anger and darkness. That you're a doer of the word and as you and I are doers of the word, what happens? We produce the righteousness of God. And so God is honored with every step we take. He's honored wherever we go. He's honored in every conversation. And we become more like his son, Jesus Christ. The one who we remembered today for his sacrifice. And because of his great sacrifice, I'm not going to look in the mirror of his word and this walk away and forget it and act like it didn't exist until next Sunday. And have to constantly be reminded. And, and James is very straightforward as he speaks here. Because he knows that when you and I don't listen, when you and I only want to hear ourselves talk, when you and I let our emotions run rampant, we get to experience the anger of man. Maybe not your anger, but someone else's anger. Instead of being doers of the word who produce the righteousness of God. That's my prayer for us. That you and I would be people who remember the word of God, who hold it tight, and then we live it out. When we're put in a situation where we're tested, where we're tempted, where we experience a trial, that's verses 1 through 18 of James. That when those moments, when the, the heat gets turned up, what will we do? We will reflect the righteousness of God instead of how everybody else acts. That's the beauty of being a doer of the word. And in that case, you'll be blessed You'll experience blessing. 
That's what we all want. We all want blessing. Now, usually that comes in money and more time, right? That's what we think of blessing. But no, it's the presence of God in our lives that we would be honored and he would be honored. And so let's be doers of the word today and every day. Will you bow with me?